Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Dustin Hawkinsmith and Johnny McGonigal. Welcome into another Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Penn Live, where we're talking Penn State football leading up to Indiana Week. Johnny McGonigal is here with me. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. An outright apology before we get started. We are doing this probably at a Penn Live record, 8:30 in the morning. And Johnny and I are both. I think you're a night guy, right? I am. I'm. I'm normally a. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I'm in bed before one, then that's going to bed early for me. For me, at least. Like I, I know that's that's not no, that's not necessarily normal for everyone. But do you I have am, that? Do you have that internal dialogue like tomorrow's the night, man? Tomorrow's the night where I'm in bed at 10:45. Yeah, like I, I had that yesterday. <laughs> I had that yesterday, yeah. and I, I didn't. I didn't go to bed till 1:15. I was too busy watching Survivor and uh, Amazing Race for those who in, also indulge in reality TV shows as much as I do. Oh man, I, I don't. But we're we're starting to unpeel. We're we're getting some layers out there from the <laughs> yeah. onion that is Johnny McGonigal. We are talking Penn State football, though. It's Indiana week. And I think the the eight thirty sluggishness is an interesting way to go through a, a topic that I think is going to involve sluggish or not for for Penn State. You know, a lot went into the build up to Ohio State. A lot went into that preparation for that game. A lot of deflation going on from that game. And I know when James Franklin talked about this on Wednesday, he was really revealing about the life of trying to get through something like this, which I thought was pretty fascinating about the job. Uh, and how they got through it. What would you hear from James just about the the act of moving on? Yeah, Dustin, it was interesting because he was asked about Drew Aller specifically. Uh, he was asked about Mike Yersich, uh specifically after you know Wednesday's practice. The reporters there in State College, um, you know, bringing up you know Drew Aller specifically when it came to hey his emotion post game. Uh, you know, I was right there for for Drew Aller's post game. Uh, interview where and I, I ended up asking him how he felt like he performed and he's there wiping away tears and saying that he sucked and uh, it was a really tough scene like frankly uh, you know, seeing a 19 year old kid kind of go through it really for the first time at the college level uh, saying that it was his worst loss since his high school you know playoff you know a senior year when his season ended um, but he owned it he was accountable but he was emotional after the game and then you know in the days following you know, some of the some of the more, um, I don't know, fruitful language that maybe Mike Yersich uh, encountered, whether it was from fans there, you know, in, a, in Ohio Stadium or on social media. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of blame put at his feet for the performance. And I, I don't think that's necessarily unfair, but uh, still a lot of criticism to go around. And and James was just kind of he, he delved into a longer answer about how it's challenging on everyone in the program. Um, and you know, he tries to keep his assistant coaches away from it. You know, that's why he's the lone voice of the coaching staff, 
for the most part, you know, it's Tuesday press conference, Wednesday post-practice uh, after the games when he talks to us. He gives us one assistant coach a week, but that rotates. And uh, it certainly isn't Mike Yersich this week. I believe it's Deion Barnes later today. Uh, but he said, you know, look, are, are we in a submarine? Are, you know, are we just you know not seeing any of this stuff? Like the criticism, like, no. You know, but on Sunday, like a lot of people that they're in the facility, there was tough film sessions, tough conversations, a lot of transparency, a lot of honesty and really good discussion from the entire staff. James said that's sometimes hard to hear, but it's also needed. Um, and it's, it was a challenging night on Saturday. It was a challenging next day on Sunday. Uh, but it's one of those that this Penn State team probably needed. Yeah, and I think um, the cyclical nature of things, like when he talked about getting back to work helps, getting back to the routine, getting the new game plan, seeing the new opponent. Uh, it's like all those times, Johnny, where you wrote just a horrible story on Saturday night after a game, and then you're right back at it on Monday. You're back at the office. You're, you're questioning yourself a little bit for a while, but then you're full speed ahead, right? Oh yeah, all the time. No, I'm <laughs> second guessing my word. No, uh, no. Like I mean, look, it's it's one of those where everything had gone so smoothly for this team. I mean, you know, not the big plays and not like the nitty gritty, but big picture. You know, for this team up until the Ohio State game, they were six and zero. They were averaging over forty points per game. You know, beating up on UMass and, and Delaware, but not only that, but, you know, opening the season with a win against West Virginia under the lights of Beaver Stadium on national TV on NBC, you know, taking care of Iowa in a whiteout, beating them 31 to nothing. And, you know, that was such a convincing and dominating and commanding performance against a team that you had some bad blood uh, with to steal a line from my girl Taylor Swift uh, from a couple years ago. So everything had gone to plan really, you know, they were, they were sitting there six and zero, and that, and that before the season, when we're talking about, you know, uh, back in spring and even over the summer dust and it's like, okay, looking at the schedule, you know, it, it's, they should be six and zero going into Ohio state and they were, and then to get, I don't even want to say necessarily punched in the mouth because it's not like Ohio state went out there and kicked the crap out of them, but to, to come out with such a disappointing and deflating uh, performance offensively to not hold up, their end of the bargain. And then you have to reconcile with that. You have to think like, Hey, over the last six, seven weeks, has this been the right thing that we've been doing or, and they feel like they feel like they are. And, you know, talking to Caden Wallace, the veteran offensive lineman on Tuesday, he said he doesn't want to let one game define the offense overall, but it's kind of, and that's fair, but it's also fair to sit back and say, they can't do this again against Michigan. And so that prompts, you know, internal reflection that that prompts a lot of film study, a lot of those honest conversations uh, that James Franklin was uh, mentioning on Wednesday night. So as you're talking, Johnny, I, I had two questions come to my mind. I was trying to figure out which one is going to waste the least amount of time on this podcast. Uh, well, the, we, we didn't get to both, Dustin. We got we got time. <laughs> we got we got time. Now, he, here's what to to put the the difference in home versus road especially with drew aller let's to put that into perspective a little exercise let's say penn state plays west virginia in morgantown a a noon start on on a saturday what do you think happens in that one like i I think that might have been a really good exercise for the rest of the season you know to to go through that and maybe come out on the winning side yeah i like i still think they win because i think penn state is a is a still far better like west virginia has has played fine up you know up until this point uh, you know, really from from the Penn State game on, I, you know, I still think they win in that scenario. But you know, do you have the 70, 72 yard touchdown to Keandre Lambert Smith that 
you know, obviously ignited the Beaver Stadium crowd and gets you off on such a good foot if you're, you know, the first year starting quarterback in Drew Aller and, and this offense as a whole, right? So maybe, you know, you definitely don't have a crowd at your back, you know, of 103,000, whatever it was, you know, it was more than that. Uh, but, you know, cheering your name and, 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 and going nuts. So you don't have that, but I still think they, I still think they win. And, you know, from that point on, like, I don't think if they won close in, in Morgantown, that would have affected them against Iowa because Brian Ferentz is still Iowa's offensive coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) Any opportunity to get a Brian Ferentz jab in there. I I support it 100%. It's needed. needed. Kirk Ferentz needs to hear it as if he doesn't already hear it from thousands of other people in Iowa City. And Kirk, Kirk is a regular listening to this podcast. I think he's also in the Blue Way Breakdown Insider text. Um, so shout out to Kirk. Kirk F always gives us great questions. <laughs> he does. He really, he really does. How do I call plays on offense? How do you go about firing your son? <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you fire your son and have him still love you afterwards? Well, That's the well here's the thing. Here's the thing. You put it you put it in his contract. You take it out of your hands. You make him try to score 325 points in a season. And you know he can't do that. Uh, I think we're, we're seeing it in real time, I guess, in, in, other, in other words, we're seeing that strategy. This is the Blue White Breakdown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In all seriousness, no, I, th- I think, you know, Drew Aller, uh, and it's not atypical, I think, for a freshman starter. Like, I think in this day and age, you you so expect immediate success for talented guys that the quarterback position again and again shows you, like, there's no fast track. There's no, you know, you can't leap to the front of line. Like, experience is needed. And I think the the big battle for, for Drew going forward, and it doesn't really apply this weekend to Indiana so much, but he has to figure out how to feel like himself on the road. Because the himself that we talked about, West Virginia, you know, making that zip throw to Keandre Lambert, we don't see a lot of that. We see more hesitation. We see mechanics that get away from him. We see, you know, sh- uh, you know, I, I see him as a really poised and um, composed guy. Um and you don't really see that on the road. So I think that's just the ongoing challenge. And I don't know if there's any replacement the um, experience for that. Like, I think he's got to take that experience and apply from it. And maybe just the down and out experience can trigger the change that he kind of needs, the mentality change that he needs on the road. Yeah, I think also what you mentioned in there, Dustin, with specifically being on the road and the mentality of it, I think a part of what creeps in for him too, and and he hasn't said this himself, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm just speculating. And you know, from what we've seen, especially last weekend at Ohio State, when he looks so you know kind of out of sorts and really not settled, I, I wonder if what's been drilled in his head from Mike Yersich and James Franklin and what they've said already about taking what the defense is giving you and taking checkdowns and. I know that the last that the touchdown drive for Penn State late in the game, Ohio State's playing off coverage. It was already a two score game. The game was, you know, minus a you know a, a miracle onside kick. You know, it was it was already in hand for the Buckeyes. But you know, when he's getting out of the pocket and he's slinging the ball a little bit more, like he looked more comfortable. 
uh, when he was kind of just working you know, kind of outside the system or at least like just going out and playing ball. I wonder if, you know, he's been drilled too hard to, you know, just don't make mistakes, just don't make mistakes. And, you know, he's maybe hesitant on taking, not just chucking it deep, but, you know, taking a deep shot or, or, you know, being, you know, loose and free and, and composed. And when you have a hundred thousand fans at your back at home, it's easier to do that. Uh, it's, you, you feel that support. I think, Perhaps that mentality and that approach that has been, you know, kind of established to him, you know, for him, if that affects him. Uh, And I think it did against Ohio State. Uh, And, you know, fortunately for him, you're not going to have another road environment like Ohio State on the schedule. You get Michigan at home like Maryland could be a tricky game, you know, after the after the Indiana uh, game this weekend. But. There, there's not 90, 95,000 Maryland fans screaming at you. There's going to be a lot of Penn State fans down there in Maryland uh, for that 3.30 kick uh, next weekend. Uh, and then, you know, Michigan State's not at Michigan State. It's it's at Ford Field. And I bet you there's going to be plenty of Penn State fans that decide, eh, do I want to go Black Friday shopping or do I want to fly out to Detroit, you know, the morning of, go to the game and then fly back? Um, and so really that was the test for the year on the road. Uh, he didn't pass it. You know, the offense didn't pass it as a whole. The coaching staff speci- specifically, Mike Yurcich didn't pass it. So we might not get to see him in. We're not going to be able to see him in an environment like that really until next year. But still, there are steps to take. There's improvements to be made across the board. Uh, and it's on him and the offense to do that. Um, and I think it can be, can be a serious learning moment uh, for a young quarterback. And, and a, a lot of that, too, is for what I base off of that is again, how he handled himself post game. Uh, He took the accountability, took responsibility, put blame on his shoulders. And I thought that was really mature of him as a 19 year old kid. Uh, You you really point to the transition that has to, that has to be made. And it's like, you know, you take what the defense gives you for, you know, the season and that's great. And I don't, I mean, to me, I was just, I was kind of curious how the dialogue plays out behind closed doors. Is it, you know, the coaching staff saying, hey, Drew, you got to you got to open up more. You got to take more. Is that him deferring to that or is that coaches setting the tone? I kind of agree with you that it's it's from the coaching staff down to Drew, right? Yeah, I mean, from what we've heard already, uh, you know, from James Franklin has has said in his in his press conference before the Ohio State game that, you know, he has, you know, maybe it was the week before I, you know, sometimes gets jumbled a little bit, but. You know, he was saying how, he, you know, in all of his years of being a coach, like he 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 prays for a young quarterback to take the check down. Like no one goes out in their backyard and, you know, takes the check down. They always throw it deep when they're a kid you know, playing quarterback. And so James views that as a really good quality in a young quarterback to have. But I do wonder if it's been almost, you know, beaten over his head a little too much and and. You know, again, maybe he comes out against Indiana and slings it. But at the same time, too, like what we haven't mentioned and what everyone saw on Saturday, the wide receivers and the lack of separation. And, you know, frankly, some of those guys giving up on routes, um, you know, when when I went back and watched it again and uh, it was pretty beneficial to be sitting that high up in the Ohio Stadium press box because it's really up there. You, but you get the all 22 view. And you what, see what a, what a backhanded compliment to the to your press arrangements in Columbus. <laughs> no, see, see, this is not. So this is actually not a shot. I liked being that high up because, you know, when you're watching an offense that is struggling, you're getting we're getting the same view as Mike Yersich because he is actually 
uh, you know, position, his box, his, you know, visitors, coaching staff box was right next to us. So we're seeing the same thing he's seeing. And he couldn't, you know, he couldn't have seen a lot of open receivers because those guys just weren't, you know, making separation. Yeah, part of that is on him to dial up plays that breaks things open a little bit, creates a little bit of space. So I'm not absolving him from from anything there. But it's tough on Drew when you go on the road and you just don't have the talent at receiver that Ohio State has, that some of other other you know these teams that are competing. Uh, for a spot in the college football playoff has. Uh, and it's been, it's been a concern since the spring, really since the Rose Bowl and Devin Carter committed and then decommitted You know, later on. It was like it was obvious that this team was going to need transfer portal help because the development of the young guys weren't there to that point. And who knows if they would have gotten you know to this point. And James mentioned that after his Wednesday practice that some of the guys that have come in just haven't developed as quickly as he would have hoped. Dante Cephas barely played at Ohio State. Malik McLean, you know, these guys just aren't making the impact that, you know, I thought that they would make. I mean, I thought Dante Cephas could be a number one wide receiver at Penn State. And maybe he is that next year, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen uh, this year. So that that really hamstrings you if you're James, if you're James Franklin, if you're Mike Yersich, and especially if you're Drew Aller. You know, you can get into all the there's so much stuff that comes off of that then. You know, like if you're Mike Yersich and you know, the other team doesn't respect your wide receivers. It's not like you can just go, oh, screen game all day. Well, they don't have to respect getting beat. So, of course, they can play close to the line of scrimmage. They can defend against that. Then if you don't have to respect the wide receivers, you don't have to double anybody. You don't have to really over-invest your safeties into helping out as much. Then the safeties come down. It's a, it's a trickle effect. And I think also most plays, a majority of plays, uh, Penn State was losing at least one, one one-on-one battle up front as well. So if somebody's coming free a lot of the time and your guys aren't getting separation and that creates clogging for the running game, I think that's what happens there. So let's fast forward to Indiana and just kind of quickly go go through this. How does all this tie into Indiana? Do you think uh, it's going to be on the slow start side of things? Um, personally, I think it's going to look and feel a lot like um, some of these other games where it's like you look up and Penn State's covering in the fourth quarter, even though it's the the tone that's said is like, what am I watching here for some part, some portion of it? I picked it 40 to nothing because I think the Penn State defense, it's it's more, um, you know, it, it's e- easier to, to shrug that slow start off on defense, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I look at it one of two ways. Like you mentioned, it's like, all right, are they going to get still be hung up on Ohio State and open the game slow and, you know, they come out, maybe they're down at the end of the first quarter. We saw that with Indiana against Michigan. You know, Indiana was up seven, nothing on Michigan uh, just a couple weeks back. And then Michigan ended up winning 52 to seven. They asserted their dominance. They were the far better team. And while I don't think it's going to be 52 to seven, I've got it being 41 to seven. So uh, I think, you know, the spread last I checked, it was around 32, 33, 31 and a half, maybe depending on where you look. Uh, so I've got a Penn State cover. I think it's going to be similar to the Northwestern game where you know, Northwestern hung around and, you know, there were some nerv- nervy moments uh, there in the first half. But at the same time, you kind of knew in the back of your head if you're watching the game, whether you're a media member, a fan, I'm sure even the coaching staff, that Penn State's better than the other team and they're going to pull away. And, you know, it might not be as dominating as you would want from the jump. 
uh, you know, Penn State's going to win this thing handily. And uh, I think a part of that, too, might be a noon kick uh, this weekend. You know, not that Indiana deserves a night game or, you know, whatever. But, you know, if there was, you know, if it was a night atmosphere at Beaver Stadium, it'd be easier to get the juices up for that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe Penn State comes out and they're up 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, you know, gets a defensive score, but really, you know, Drew Aller is cooking and they really, you know, come out with a purpose uh, and, and with a great mindset uh, and refocusing after Ohio State. That's been the talk all week is about how this team, you know, spent Sunday and Monday uh, refocusing, you know, and putting the game behind them, um, you know, in, in Columbus. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, either way, I think Penn State has an easy win. Uh, I think they win next week, and then it's just a matter of it's a matter of the Michigan game. Dustin. Just Michigan, yeah, just Michigan, uh, and that that assistant who's. The, the assistant who's been in the in the student section all season long. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm I'm 20. I'm a, a sophomore engineering major. <laughs> don't don't look at my Venmo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't do that. Yeah, I think this is this might be one of those games where you're gonna have to lure the energy out of the crowd. It's gonna be there, but I think you have to do something to get the crowd into it. That you're not just gonna be handed that energy boost. I think you're going to have to earn that one on Saturday, which they will at some point. So we'll see. New kick, uh, Big Ten Network, Penn State, a 31 and a half-ish point uh, favorite over Indiana. Trying to get back in the win column. Stay tuned to PennLive.com. Stay tuned to the Blue White Breakdown. Everywhere you get podcasts for the latest episodes. For Johnny McGonagall, I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. Wrapping up this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live.